0: This is Zev Borrow, and you're listening to Chuck vs. the Podcast.
1: Hi, my name is Graham Jones, but you can call me Gray. This is my show. It's about Chuck. It's filled with interviews, the latest news, crazy co-hosts, and spoilers that'll make your day. Oh, wait, wait, I need to go back. I host these TV nights. They used to be pretty boring, but everything changed when I found NBC's new show, Chuck. Pretty soon, my TV night got pretty crowded. Guys I didn't even know were showing up the door. Big, important guys. Really scary, nasty, get killed for hosting them, guys. Next thing I know, these super episodes are downloaded into my brain, which means every moment of my life, I'm thinking about Chuck. ChuckTV.net sent their top people to protect me. That's Mel and Liz. They're pretty zany. They co-host with me now as a cover. So now I must welcome you to Chuck vs. the Podcast, the number one TV podcast for NBC's Chuck. This is Gray.
2: This is Mel. And this is Liz.
1: And we want to welcome you to Chuck vs. the Podcast, episode 24 for July 14th, 2009. This is our pre-Comic-Con San Diego episode. We won't have a lot of commentary in this episode because we have an interview with writer Zev Borow, And Zev is not only one of the writers of Chuck, but also of the Chuck comic book. And there is a new six-issue compilation ...of the Chuck comic books that's being released this week, as a matter of fact, July 14th, today, that you can pick up, and it is all Zev's work.
2: It's so appropriate that we've got our comic book writer on, on our pre-Comic-Con podcast. Mm -hmm. Comic-Con is coming up very quickly, and we're really excited about it. Um, This year, ChuckTV.net will be in the press room with the guys from Chuck... So we'll be able to bring you some one-on-one interviews. We're really excited. Yep. The mm-hmm. check panel itself will be on Saturday, July 25th at 10 a.m. in Ballroom 20. And that's going to be followed by a signing at 12.30 p.m. at the Warner Brothers booth there on the uh, conference floor. So if you're going to be at Comic-Con, make sure you mark those down on your schedule. Also... Zachary Levi will be part of the TV Guide Sci-Fi panel on Friday, July 24th at 6 p.m., also in Ballroom 20. So two chances to see Zach, which is going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to watching him on both. And, of course, um, Yvonne and Adam and uh, Mark Christopher Lawrence and Julia Ling. I mean, there's going to be a huge group of um, Czech people there. Joshua Gomez. It's going to be fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, And as if that weren't enough, we're also having a fan meetup on Friday night after Zach's TV Guide panel. So if you're going to be in San Diego, whether or not you're going to be at Comic-Con, if you're a Chuck fan, we'd love to see you. You could join us at the Old Spaghetti Factory for supper. It's right there around the conference center. So if you want to Google for directions, you can do that. We'll probably be there around 730, 745, depending on how quickly we can get out of the convention center after that panel late on Friday.
1: That sounds so cool. It's going to be a lot of fun.
3: The old spaghetti factory. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you have to maybe get a little cardboard cut out of me I, and, and pretend put, I'm there.
2: Grace we there will. in spirit. <laughs> yeah, We will. We'll uh, eat
3: some extra spaghetti for you, man. That's cool right. Cool,
1: man. Good plan. <laughs>
3: Well, speaking of the fans meeting up, the fans have been meeting up online on Chuck Me Mondays as they continue each week. Uh, When we all get together and watch the episodes of Chuck on Hulu or, um, gosh, the various other uh, places that we can catch Chuck. And we're Twittering and we're in the forums and um, we're just having a really good time. We're about two-thirds through the se- through season one, and uh, we're just having a lot of fun just looking at each other's comments and everything is kind of being in a big, giant room watching Chuck all together with fans that like Chuck. So it's not too late to join us on Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern. We have random giveaways and lots and lots of fun.
1: Very cool. I want to welcome the very talented writer Zev Burrow to our show. Hello. Thank you. Hello. And just for our listeners, to want to introduce Zev a little. um, Zev has written not only for the Chuck TV show, but also co-writes the Chuck graphic novels, co-writes and produces the Rockville CA web series, and has spent many years writing for such magazines as The New Yorker, Spin, Wired, GQ, and many others. So uh, thanks for taking the time to chat with me today.
0: Of course. Happy to do it
1: yeah so you obviously love to write. How did you yeah. get started
0: uh, i uh, yeah, I always liked writing as, as a kid, like uh, I think a lot of people that that get into it and uh my first love was sort of journalism. I was always you know interested in sort of student newspapers and and magazines and uh and things like that and in college, uh, I studied journalism and history. And uh, I started working at Rolling Stone magazine as an intern when I was, um, I guess, 18 or 19 in the summers, because uh, uh, I'm from Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, I just sort of loved being at Rolling Stone and meeting the writers that would come in there and sort of reading those old great articles and the, the great articles that were being written when I was there about music and, and politics and culture. And it just seemed like magazine writing in particular was something that would be really fun to do, and so I sort of focused myself that way for 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 the first um, just sort of most of my 20s
1: Mm-hmm. So that that was a cool break, entering Rolling Stone. How how did that lead to other magazines?
0: I um I was at Rolling Stone, and and, and going to you know I was there in the summers, and and going to school, uh, and was just looking to break into magazines. And the, often the easiest way to break into magazines when you're young is writing about music. One, because, you know, you're sort of very in touch with what's happening musically, or a lot of people are at that age, and I certainly was. And a lot of those magazines also have spaces in the magazine for shorter sort of music pieces that they're more inclined to assign to young, new writers. So I kind of focused on that and got a couple pieces in Rolling Stone and Spin. And then the thing I did after school is I... um, Sort of came upon uh, uh, these guys in San Francisco, um, one of whom is uh, a writer named Dave Eggers, who has mm-hmm. since gone on to um, a lot of success. And Dave was talking about starting this magazine called Might Magazine. And this was in the um, sort of early or mid 90s. And uh I met Dave and sort of really liked his take and it was gonna be kind of a humor magazine and something sort of like spy magazine was in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And uh so I moved out to San Francisco with Dave and there were a handful of us and we started this magazine called Might and it it never really was a huge financial success <laughs> but it became successful among a certain you know, it had fans, and certainly it gained some fans in the in the world of magazines. And after that, some of the bigger magazines came around and started asking us to um, write for them. And I moved back to New York, and 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 got some contracts at at uh, at Spin and New York and New Yorker and Wired, and started doing stuff for them. And and it was a lot of fun. I got to write about a lot of different things and and travel a good amount. And it's it's a great it's a great um, it's a great kind of proving grounds, especially if you're young and you're kind of interested in lots of stuff. And I, I, I really had a good time doing that for a long time.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, can you can you tell me a little bit about the process of of freelance writing? It, it seems a little confusing, I guess, um, to be writing for so many different magazines. How do they hear about you? How do you get a new contract for a story? That kind of thing.
0: Yeah, you, what you usually do is, you know, in the in my case, you know, again, we had been doing this little magazine out in San Francisco and had gotten a little bit of attention, and then editors will sort of hear about you or have read your stuff. And sometimes they'll give you a call. And then you're also doing a lot of pitching. You know, it's sort of like the TV business. You're never not pitching your own stuff. So you're looking for new things to write out, new stories, new people, new places. Um, and you really have to sort of be pitching a lot but after a while you start to develop relationships with editors at certain magazines who like your stuff and you have a similar sensibility and you know things start moving a little bit more fluidly between you and them and then eventually they'll say okay well we'd like to sort of keep you on retainer and sign you to a contract for the year where you're going to have to uh do this many articles for us at this price and and then you sort of Maybe you'll set up a few of those contracts. You have a little bit of a regular sort of income stream coming in, mm-hmm. which for a freelancer is always important, and and you just go from there. But it, it becomes about your relationships, which is not terribly dissimilar from television, actually.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's a good segue into talking about TV. So so we're in the mid-'90s uh, or toward the late-'90s for Might Magazine and then mid what do you call them, uh, O's? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you're on Chuck. So what what made you want to get into TV? What how, Can you tell us about how you made that break? Well, I, I guess
0: I've been doing a magazine stuff for a while, and it was fun, but, you know, I think more and more I wanted to write with my own voice and do stuff that had a little bit more sort of comedy to it. And I'd been, a lot of the pieces I had been writing had been sort of veering in that direction. And I was never sort of the most kind of hard news reporter magazine guy. I was someone that wrote these kind of entertaining articles or hopefully funny articles. And in the late nineties, um, I was approached by uh, a production company out here, Spyglass uh, Productions, which is a film and television company, and they had read some pieces of mine and were interested in maybe optioning a couple of them or something, and then we started talking, and they said, well, why would you be interested in doing a a show about a magazine writer? And I said, yeah, sure, Mm. that sounds fun. So I wrote a pilot for them, and that's how I got started doing television. I really enjoyed it. um, And... It, it never made made telev- never made it on air um as most pilots that are written uh, don't mm-hmm. but uh I learned a lot and and had a good time and, and and realized there was a lot more to learn and I wanted to to get better at it and so I sort of started focusing on on television stuff and writing I wrote two subsequent to that I wrote two pilots for NBC and started doing other work for other you know shows and production companies and and then eventually Um, you know, because writing your own stuff is great, but it gets frustrating when it's not getting on air. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, several people sort of advised me, you know, if you're really interested in having your own shows make it on air, you should really get experience on a show that's shooting and you can work with actors and really get a sense for really the nuts and bolts of how a show is made. And, um, And so that was the year that they were staffing Chuck and I had read a bunch of pilots, and I really fell in love with Chuck, and um, met Josh and Chris, and it was just all the right fit, and and, and came in here and started on the show.
1: Great. Well, that's a a good show to start on.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's been a lot of fun, that's for sure.
1: Yep. Yep. Now, it says on IMDb that you story-edited 10 episodes, and to the average listener, they have no idea what that means. Can you explain a bit about what, what that involves?
0: Well, story editing is. There are these kind of silly names that they give the different positions on a staff, and there, you know, there's no real difference in your job, at least on. I mean, Chuck is a is a relatively non-kind of hierarchical kind of place. Everyone uh, really sort of does a bunch of everything. Obviously, the executive producers have a much bigger hand. Um, and shaping everything. And when it gets mm-hmm. into editing, they they really take the lead. But story editor is just the name for kind of a second year writer. And now I have it even more sort of a, a silly title, which is executive story editor, which is a <laughs> kind of a ridiculous title. But it means you're a third year writer. And then you go from there to co-producer and producer. And it's just sort of, you know, uh, a every successive year your title changes a little bit and I guess it's supposed to make you feel kind of like a little better about yourself or something. Mm -hmm. But, but the truth is, at least on our show, you know, your responsibilities don't change all that much uh, until you get into sort of the executive producer range. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we all work together breaking in a room, breaking all the stories, breaking a sort of, um, you know, coming up with this, the, the shape of the stories and the act breaks and, and going over the season-long arcs and the character arcs, and that's something everybody is very involved in. And, and then we all break every story together, and then individuals are assigned to go then outline and write the script for the individual episodes or specific episodes. Um, mm-hmm. So there's not a big difference, again, between story editor and staff writer and executive story editor and even sort of co-producer. Um, you know, Everyone is sort of doing kind of the same thing, at least on this show. Um, yeah. Again, I think w- when you get into the executive producers on this show get much more involved in in, in both the management of the staff and in terms of editing and,
1: and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And you're credited for um, actually writing... Chuck versus a Crown Vic, versus the X and the Lethal Weapon, and so how's the process different once once you do get handed the story to say go outline this?
0: Well, if you've done if we've done our job in the room, and you're you should go off with a with a pretty clear notion of what the outline needs to be, um, and, and even what the script needs to be. Now, but that's just the beginning of the process, so. You, you take sort of what we've come up with in the room and you try to put it into this outline. And while you're writing that outline, you might discover, well, there's six things we didn't think of and, and some of the stuff we thought was going to work doesn't really work. So it's your responsibility to sort of figure that stuff out mm-hmm. or or to bring it back to the room and to Josh and Chris and the executive producers and say, we got to talk about some of this stuff because some of the stuff we thought was really working really isn't. Um, and then, you know, be, there comes the process of getting... Notes from everybody, um, both here on the show, and and of course the studio chimes in, and the network chimes in, and it's a, it's a very collaborative process. Uh, I mean that's just the nature of network television. Mm. Um, so you're so you're really trying to move it, everything forward, and 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 continue to hone what works, and 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 carve away the stuff that doesn't work, and and some and that process can be. Quite smooth sometimes, and that process sometimes can be not so smooth depending on depending on what story you 're telling and, and, and sort of how many kinks you find along the way
1: mm-hmm. and um, one, one, th- one of the things that I find really compelling about Chuck in particular is how you 're able to explore themes and even though it seems like a really light and fun show at the end of, of the show you've you 've explored a lot of relationships. You've got family relationships, you've got the buddy relationships, you've got work relationships, and um, say, for instance, in Chuck versus Crown Vic, we've got the main storyline where Sarah has to pretend to like a suspect, and it's it's the first time Chuck has had to deal with this kind of thing, and, and so he's got a bit of jealousy. Morgan has to meet Anna's parents, and so you've got him with his commitment issues, um, and then you've got Sarah with her own commitment issues with Bryce having just left and she, she's wondering whether she's made the right decision to stay. And then when you combine all those, you've got a whole bunch of different aspects of that theme. Um, can you comment on how that happens?
0: Well, that's something we really try. We work quite hard on it is, you know, the show is fun and it's funny, hopefully, and it should be enjoyable. But I don't think the show works without the relationships within the show working. Everyone here, I think, really understands that that's the heart of the show and that you're coming back really af- week after week to connect with characters and to watch characters deal with situations a variety of situations in a variety of ways that are emotional and that and that lends itself also to being able to connect with them for the comedy and, and connect with them for the the kind of more action spy parts of the show so we really look at every episode and try to ask ourselves what's this episode about what's happening with Chuck in the a story not just in terms of whatever the the, the spy plot is of the week but what's it what's what's what are things that are being asked of Chuck and how is Chuck being challenged and how are Chuck's emotions being um, tested and played upon in new ways. And once we have a sense of that for Chuck, and and, and often that is very closely tied to Sarah because so much of the show is tracking Chuck and Sarah's evolution, Mm -hmm. we then look at, we then try to build B and C stories that inform that story or, or play off that story so mm-hmm. you know if Chuck is dealing like in Crown Vic Chuck is dealing with a tricky situation with Sarah his his girlfriend or you know his fake slash real girlfriend and so we thought it would be interesting if Morgan was dealing with his own situation with his own girlfriend meeting a girlfriend's parents mm-hmm. a- and I think also another thing we also try to do is because because the show the conceit of the show is quite fantastical Chuck having this computer in his head which is obviously you know not very realistic we really want Other aspects of the show, the kind of emotional underpinnings of the show, to be very accessible and relatable out there to people watching, so you can really understand what Chuck is going through. You, you know, you may not have ever kind of faced off against um, some kind of spy, and one of the situations Chuck has himself in, but certainly everyone's gone through problems with their girlfriend. Certainly everyone's had heartbreaks. Certainly everyone's had. Been mad at their sister, or whatever we're dealing with that week, and we just try to create an episode that where all the different stories—the B stories and the C stories and the Chuck story—is is of a whole. So you feel like you've gotten kind of a spectrum of of emotional stories that inform one another and, and play off one another in a satisfying way.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it definitely works. It's 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 too bad. It's hard to put that on a poster.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think, I think, listen, I think for the people that watch the show, I I really believe that that's something people really get from the show. They understand that, Um, you know, whatever we check the internet out or get feedback from people, inevitably what we get from people is people really love the characters, and I think that they really understand. What we're trying to do with the kinds of emotional stories we're telling inside these very fun and very poppy and very, and hopefully at times quite funny, spy stories. But if it was just kind of the fun and the pop and the, and the kind of the silliness, I, I don't think the show would work at all. And I don't, I don't think we would have the, the kinds of fans that we do.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it is July 14th today as we record this interview, and today is the release of the six-issue Chuck graphic novel compilation, and also San- uh, Comic-Con San Diego is coming up next week. Of course, we have to talk about that a little, um, because you're one of the two... Um, now, it, how does it work? You're a co-writer, or...?
0: Yeah. Uh, we. Peter Johnson, who's one of the executive producers of Chuck, uh, is it came to me, he is also, he works for the uh, production company Wonderland, which is the production company that produces Chuck and also a television show called Supernatural. And Peter had some experience doing the Supernatural comic book, and he's just Mm -hmm. a really big comic book fan, loves comic books. You go to his office, there's comic books everywhere. And when I first met Peter, um, you know, really going in to talk to him about working on Chuck, whatever it was, two and a half years ago, um, we just I saw the comic books in his office, and I, and I grew up loving comic books and and, there were, and obviously there are quite a few people here on the show that have an affinity for comic books. I mean mm-hmm. Chuck is in some ways as a comic book conceit at its heart yeah. um, and um, there were just books that I really love, and you know my favorite comics were never the sort of Marvel and DC world. I mean, I like those comics, like X-Men in particular, I like. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, as I got older, gravitated to, you know, the Vertigo comics and, and the comics that weren't, you know, were a little bit more, to my mind, sort of adult and sophisticated and, and, and had a sense of humor and really, like, you know, touched all the kind of things that I like in a, in a great movie or a great television show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when Peter came to me and said, look, DC, which is also owned by Warner Brothers, who who's the studio we do chuck for is interested in doing a comic book run you know um would i be interested in writing it with him i I jumped at the chance and and chris Fedak's a really big lover of comics and and he was really excited that the show was going to have um a comic book iteration and so Mm -hmm. we sat down and and started talking about what that would be and we knew we were going to do a six-issue run and um it was a blast and we're really happy with the way it came out and we um some of the, the guy that, uh, that did the covers um, uh, for, the, for the book, uh, for the comic, for the Chuck comic, did, uh, did the covers for this comic called uh, Supermarket, this Brian Woods comic that came out years ago that I really loved. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned it to Peter, and Peter was like, oh, I love this. And, and he, we, got, we got that artist to do the covers. And I, you know we, we were quite happy with the way it turned out. It was a lot of fun to do.
1: Great. That's uh, Phil nodel. Or uh, no, Phil
0: Noto did the, um, did the inside lining and the, the inside drawing or, 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 or art, and the covers are done by, you know, I have trouble pronouncing the last name, and I don't have the comic in front of me, but it's like Kirsten or something like I don't know if you have the book right in front of you.
1: Mm, I don't, unfortunately.
0: Well, um, at any rate, it's, it's a very talented artist, and we're very happy
1: to uh, have him mm-hmm. do it. Very, very cool. Well, I, I'm definitely ordering that compilation. Yeah, that I think it turned awesome. out well. I'm, yeah.
0: We're proud of it. And it got some good... We were very excited that it, on some comic websites that we both read, it got some good reviews, and that was heartening for us.
1: Yep. Well, I, I definitely recommend to everybody else to order it. It's actually only uh, $13 at the moment. It's on, on sale at Amazon. Um, you know,
0: please, get some. Tell your friends. Yeah. Friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And, uh, and so this was only a six-issue run. Is there a plan for another run of it?
0: You know, there's been some talk of it. Uh, I'm not quite sure where that is right now. You know, obviously there was such a nail-biting time for us about coming back Mm -hmm. um, for the third season that we sort of, everything was focused on whether we would or would not, the show would come back. And now we're ramping up to start production uh, in about uh, a month or so. Um, So it could happen. Um, I think power is greater than... Me will decide that though, but I would I would be very happy to do some more of them.
1: Yep, uh, we will hopefully get, uh, have time to talk about the Rockville, CA web series as well. But n- you've now been involved in magazines, television, comic books, and a web series. At, how is it different writing for all of those different forms?
0: <laughs> um, well, it's quite different. I mean, magazines are their are their own. You know, they're not scripted, and, and there is a, a structure within a magazine that's different. It's more like writing prose and um, it, it's a lot of fun and i hope to be able to continue from time to time to write magazine stories i you know because it it is kind of a different it offers a a different kind of writing which is which is a lot of fun and it also it's nice to go out there and do some journalism and kind of throw yourself into another story or somebody's else, somebody else's life i also think it helps you as a as a script writer um quite a bit um with with dialogue and just understanding people and places and and mm-hmm. all of that and then for the web, you know, with Rockville, the web is obviously, everyone is still trying to really figure out the best way to do things on the web, because the medium is still new as, as, as it is for narrative scripted work. Hmm. So we had a great time doing Rockville, and I thought we did good work. And I think we learned a lot along the way in terms of what works and what doesn't work and, and the nature of... The best way to do things in that format. Um, What's nice about the web is that you can do it very very fast and um, it's cheap, cheaper, and it is. It has some more immediacy. You know, it takes us quite a while to write, produce, and I mean, we're going to have written this entire season of Chuck months before it it airs, and and. On a web series, you know, you can do something much, much faster, almost along the lines of a magazine or journalism piece, where you, you can do something and get it up um, in, in short order. So, you know, everything offers different, um, different sort of pleasures. And in terms of the web stuff, um, that is really uh, that is a world that's really kind of figure, still figuring itself out. So, I think there's really a lot of exciting things about the web, although. Because it's still figuring itself out, there there there's more room for there's more room for error, and there's more room for real, interesting, surprising kind of boundary pushing success.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, when we talked with Norman Buckley, he mentioned he just loves working on that series.
0: Yeah, we had a blast with Norman. He did a great job with it, um, and um, he really was a huge part of of, of that. And, and Josh, really, you know, that was a project really close to Josh's heart because. You know and and one of the reasons Josh and I connected on it is i as I said, I wrote a lot about music for a long time and i I came out of that world. there was a period of time where I was really going to see bands you know five and six nights a week and, and I think Josh went through that time as well we both sort of spent a good part of our twenties doing that and and in rock clubs and kind of you know among that world and so it was fun for us to try to get in there and 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 show that world and 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 and, and Portray characters in that world, and and hopefully provide us uh, some, some entertaining scripted web series that that nailed that a little bit.
1: Mm. Now back to uh, to Chuck and the graphic novel. Just for one more thing, um, how do you make sure that the storylines don't conflict between the comic and the and the TV show?
0: Well, you know, we kind of decided early on we sat down with Chris and decided that we were going to not worry so much that we're going to think of the comic a little bit in its own world. Mm -hmm. We, we weren't going to certainly do anything that would contradict anything we'd already done or had planned for the television show. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing for the comic was let's, let's not, what the comic provides is a chance to basically do much bigger, cooler broader kinds of stories because you don't have to pay the production cost You can set it all over the world, and you can do a giant action sequence, and all the things we'd love to do on the television show, but we just can't afford to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the comic goes from Tokyo to the Rio. There's a scene in Paris, France. I mean, it, and then back at Mount Rushmore. And the idea was like, let's really blow it out and have a blast with the locations. Make it really kind of poppy and eye-catching and because we were writing it last year during the election you know we thought we'd have fun with this kind of like you know obama like president (laughs) story in it and and we 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 were sort of happy that we were that ended up working out for us Um, but but the idea was just to sort of have as much fun as possible make it you know not try to replicate the show because just to make it its own thing. And, you know, the, but there are some aspects, some things we've done in the comic that as we're now breaking kind of season three, or or as we sat down to start breaking season three, it was like, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we did that in the comic, or like, we, you know. And so um, it's funny to see how some of the things dovetail a little bit. But um, we didn't really, we decided to just not get too worried about, that in terms of you know, what we could or couldn't do in the comic, just to, to again, have the most fun with it and, and really make it as big as possible, you know, almost make it like Chuck the Movie in some respects.
1: That's very, very cool, and a movie I'd like to see sometime. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, uh, we just have a couple minutes left here. Um, I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about what your future plans are. You mentioned um, that you're writing a feature
0: yeah, I'm writing a feature. It's an adaptation of an of another graphic novel. Actually, it's called uh, "I Killed Adolf Hitler," and the the uh, writer artist is a, a guy named Jason, which goes by one name. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a um, he's actually a Danish writer who lives mm. in France, and he's had co- quite a few uh, graphic novels published, and they're they're kind of these short and quite funny. Um, graphic novels that often kind of play with the genre, you know, and, and this, I Killed Adolf Hitler, is about a, a well it's, it's the, the plot is ostensibly about a hitman that goes back in time to kill Adolf Hitler, and sort of loses Adolf Hitler, and Adolf Hitler escapes into our time, and he has to go and he has to sort of come, live his life and then as an old man, knowing Hitler is going to arrive at a certain time try to sort of capture him with his with his um former girlfriend and although it sounds quite kind of crazy and thrillery it's actually it's actually a bit of a romantic comedy and kind of a love story in a strange way it has sort of elements of a sort of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and that's that's more of the tone of it wow. um so, so i'm excited for it and I, I know it sounds a bit crazy when you hear about it but, um, but I, the story is quite lovely and i and i really fell in love with the book and i i got in touch with jason and um and 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 we decided to go forward and 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 adapt it. So it's it's exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I hope to have the script finished um, by the end of the summer.
1: Great. Well, it'll be one to uh, to watch for. It sounds like it'll be a really good writing piece as well.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I hope so. I hope so. And and hopefully we can um, the stars will align and we can um make the movie. It it its not it isn't. It won't be the most expensive movie to make, which is which is good uh, for it.
1: <laughs> That's always good for selling something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, we're we're coming to the end here. I want to thank you so much for uh, for taking the time.
0: No, thank you. I really enjoyed it and you know everyone here really appreciates um your support of the show and and just you know we have really an incredible fan base and and everyone here doesn't forget that for a second.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, I'm going to go by that comic book right away.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, thank you so much, man, and if there's anything uh, we can
1: ever do for you, just let us know. Great. Well, so uh, have a great week. Yeah, you too, man. Take oh. care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. And we're back.
2: That's so cool that he was able to take the time to chat with us here right as his um, comic book series is being released. That's, that was nice of him.
1: Very cool. Well, we're going to close up uh, this episode and want to remind everybody about uh, our email list. Um, because everybody's kind of busy in the summer, it's nice to have a little reminder when we have a new episode of the podcast or also a reminder to vote. Um, our votes have been a little low, um, so it's great to uh, still remember us. And also, we have some exciting things that, uh, that you can do to support the podcast For instance, that six-issue Chuck comic that we've been talking about in this episode, uh, you can get on Chuckazon uh, for only $13 at the moment. Um, So that's pretty cool. Just go to chuckpodcast.com and click on the Chuckazon link, and you can order through Amazon but get a special price. That's pretty cool. And there's also links there for donations if you want to just donate or um, merchandise for both Chuck versus Podcast and also for ChuckTV.net.
2: And we've had a few people order um, merchandise already. And if you're going to be at Comic-Con, we hope we see you in a recognizable T-shirt. Um, there's There are a lot of really cool options there. Mm-hmm.
3: We want to remind you about voting and commenting on Podcast Alley and iTunes. It really helps us um, to look at your comments and your voting. Of course, absolutely helps us climb up the charts at Podcast Alley. And uh, we like we like to hear your, your see your comments. Um, we like to know what your favorite uh, episodes on Chuck were and. Just anything you want to tell us? Should you know? Should um, I grow my hair longer? Should <laughs> should Gray grow a stash?
1: The important issues. <laughs>
3: should Gray Gray should grow a mustache? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so keep keep those coming, folks. We love to read them.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, we hope to see you at our next Check Me Monday, and be sure to stop by CheckTV.net for the details on that, as well as our Comic Con coverage.
1: Mm hmm. We'll see you next time. Our next episode will be post-Comic-Con, and we're going to be hearing from all the exciting things that Mel and Liz have done and have seen and will report on from Comic-Con.
2: Stay tuned.